0: Me. Welcome to the How to Sell Insurance Podcast. My name is Ryan Federico. We are back, baby, from a little hiatus. That's Glad right. we be back with you all. Uh, Mr. Keith Fonseca, DJ Debt Free, is out helping some people get debt free today. So you got myself, Ryan Federico, and the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. 100 and however much premium and 100 days Ashton Delango Lunday, uh... Rocking Pensacola, Florida, out of an amazing event, the Ignite right. event in Pensacola, man. Had, uh, did you have? You guys had like 90, 90 participants in that event? Yeah, right around. Something like that? Oh, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, get what? So, the most important question, though, is what did you shoot at the golf course the morning before the event with oh, the Prabulas, who own a golf course, and Griff Martin, who's an avid golfer?
1: I, I we stopped keeping track. I think after after hole like thirteen, not because one we're doing days, bad. Huh? I know one of those days. Sure, it no, we were, we we're running short on time. So I, I think I don't think we bogeyed on any hole, and if we did, it was only one, maybe two, and then every other hole we we part or birdied. Nice. So nice. basically, Pro- we, we either ended even or. Probably, you know, three, three or four under. Awesome. Awesome. Well, nobody wants to hear about our golf game. Although I will
0: tell you, I shot a legit, legit, like 78 the other day. And I was like, wow. I was just just like what Was the whole course in, par, man. was
1: it like 60 or uh, it was, what was the Yeah, was exactly, the
0: exactly. It was a 51 <laughs> par. And for those of you guys who don't know golf, you have no idea what I'm um, talking about. You're not laughing right now. But... Uh, We are here today to uh, drop in. We got a grab bag topic. So uh, people have been sending us topics. Hey, talk about this, talk about this, talk about this. We want to make shorter videos for you guys so uh, you have some digestible content. Uh, Today we're going to talk about uh, what to do when a client already has a policy, when to Mm. replace a policy, when to not replace a policy, um, what somebody having a policy tells you about them. And so yeah. um, I guess if you want to introduce sort of your thoughts about the, the topic, Ashton, I know that you recently ran into somebody yeah. with a policy that uh, wasn't necessarily the best for him, and uh, you were able to get him a different policy. And let, Let's just start there, man.
1: Yeah. Uh, obviously, the, there's there's two ways you can run into this. The, the first is either on the phone or in the appointment. So to, depending on how you're doing this, you know, maybe you're, you're out there door knocking and you're just running into appointments that way and setting it on the fly. Um, so maybe the only option for you is in the, in the home, but if you're running into it on the phone, you want to get as much information as you can. Um, so every time I run into that on the phone, I'm, I'm asking those questions, you know, when'd you get it? Uh, you know, for us, the biggest thing we do is mortgage detection, you know, Hey, did you cover the whole home or if it's, you know, final expense, Hey, we're you able to cover all of those expenses that you're looking for No, right. only part of it? Okay. How much, or yeah, I was able to cover all of it. All right. Well, how much are all those expenses? Uh, 20,000. Okay, great. Whatever that looks like. Either way, you're figuring out how much coverage, what it is and something, you know, if you've been in the industry for a while and I mean like a month or two, does <laughs> you, should know, <laughs> you should know on average, you know, what certain prices sound like. You know, if someone tells you it's $10 a month for a hundred thousand in coverage and they say it's a term, if you've been here for, you know, like a week, that should sound a little weird. <laughs> um, So, you know, if you've been here a little while in the industry, a month or two, someone throws out a weird number, you're like, I've never run a quote that's come back like that. You know, they probably don't have what they think they have. So figuring out what they have is going to be crucial, whether that's on the phone or, or in the appointment.
0: For Sure, I think that man, that's so uh, it's so important. I-, I like to ask, I sort of like to go in reverse when I run into something, like especially when I run into somebody who has coverage on the phone. And first, like you should always be asking if they have coverage on the phone, it tells you so yeah. much about the client. Um, you know, I love asking what have you seen already because if if they're if you're, uh, whether you're generating clients via warm market and you're, you know, sending messages out on social media or you're putting up your own ads or you work leads, you know, whatever yeah. it is, um, at by the time you're talking to them, they've piqued their interest, right? They've told you that they're interested. Yep. And so uh, we want to find out what they've seen already because 90% of the time, if you piqued their interest, they're looking for insurance and they've already seen something, whether it's through their job, whether it's through mm. you know a mailer that they got from you know one of those one of those insurance companies that does the mailers, whether it's yeah. you know uh, their car insurance guy you know or girl told them that it was going to be X amount for insurance, or they got a letter from their bank, they've looked and they've seen some prices and they have some idea of like how much insurance costs, and now they want you know more of like an expert's input. So understanding what they've seen, understanding what they have is important. So. Let's say that, um, you know, I find out that somebody has coverage. The first thing that I want to ask is if you die, how much pays out, right? And that's that's pretty much I, I want to back into that because that's what most people remember is kind of what the death benefit yeah. is. It's just, hey, man, if you die, how much pays out? How much About how much a month do you pay for it? Uh, and that will tell me pretty much all I need to know, right? Cause I, and then I can go, how, how long ago did you get it? If they're like, oh, five years, seven years, I can kind of backtrack and use some quote generators and go like, oh, you know what? It's probably a universal life or, oh, it's probably a 10-year term or, oh, it's probably a term with return of premium, like whatever. I'll be able to at least gauge what kind of policy it is if they don't give me more information. Uh, But I think that the most important part for me is like, man, if – like I love people who already have insurance. We get this question all the time. It's like, well, what do you what do you do if they, you know, they're requesting mortgage protection and they already have a million dollar policy? They're like, well, check it out, man. Like if they filled out a lead, they had that million dollar policy while they filled the lead out, right? Yeah. When they filled that thing and they mailed it back to us, or they called in, or they did whatever. Especially they if it's did. brand new. Yeah, man. Like they they had that million dollar policy before they even talked to us. So number one, they believe in insurance because they bought it before. Right. Number two, they already uh, think that their coverage is insufficient. Otherwise, they wouldn't have requested for more exactly. you know, mortgage protection or for more life insurance. So they responded to a life insurance lead or a Facebook ad or if they you know, one of your Facebook posts piqued their interest. And they're like, hey, you know, i got a million dollar policy, but I'm interested in hearing more about what you got probably that they, they don't feel like that million dollars is sufficient or that 500,000, or that 200,000, whatever it is, is sufficient for them or it's yeah. going to expire or whatever. So I think that, um, you know, approaching it that way. And a lot of times I like to see, can I keep the policy they have in place first, mm. unless it's a terrible policy. God, some of these, some of these PNC companies, you know, nothing against you guys writing PNC. I know that you focus on PNC and not really life, but, some of the stuff that I've seen from you know I'm not even going to name the companies but your traditional car insurance yeah. and home insurance some of these policies are just absolutely horrid policies they're super expensive and they yeah. prices increase and they don't have great benefits and you know there's bad policies versus the other life insurance companies that that do policies like that in in the open market um, man it, a lot of times it is going to be in the best interest of the client to replace that policy. Um, With something better, whether whether it's cheaper, whether it has living benefits, whether it's got an accelerated death benefit of some sort, um, whether the price is going to stay, um, you know, uh, level longer. Right. It's uh, it's amazing to me at at some of these coverages that are out there, man. Uh, So first thing I want to do is I just want to see, can their policy stay in place because they're a buyer and I want to like importantly, I want to support that decision. Because a lot of people don't realize this, man, like in in this, if there's one golden nugget that I hope you guys can listen to and hear from this, if you get somebody who's got insurance and you tell them that they made a bad decision by getting that insurance policy, they're going to second guess the policy that you put in front of them because they already made a bad decision and they're going to be like, Well, I don't want to make a second bad decision, you know, and you're, you may even corner yourself into somebody telling you they need to think about it, or, Mm -hmm. you know, they need to process it, or they need to talk to somebody else about it, whatever. Um, So as much as possible, we want to support their decision, even if you're going to replace the policy, just go, Hey, I really love this. At least you got some protection put in place. Uh, looks like you know that other agent did a great job with you. You know, at least getting you some coverage put in place. They probably just weren't appointed with this insurance company, and and we can save you some money and get you better coverage. And you know, I like to as much as possible support whatever they did yeah. because it makes them feel like they made a good decision, and it makes it easier for them to make another good decision.
1: Right? Yeah, and that's so. a, that's a key part, and, and that's kind of where we moved into. Now that we we already know what we got on the phone. We're in that appointment and we're breaking it down. And the first thing is, if they have it, because sometimes maybe the agent just wrote it. But if they have it, go grab that policy. Go, go pull yeah. it out. Because so many times people don't know what they actually have. Uh, or unf-
0: or they don't even know where their policy is.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, that, and that's another thing. And uh, unfortunately, uh, a lot of people, maybe just the South, I don't know, maybe the West is, is different, Ryan. But uh, unfortunately, some people are, are just a, a, little, a little too trusting. Um, oh my <laughs> God, yeah. and, uh, that's obviously it's, it's, it's a pro to con, uh, but you know, that, that con is, is they, they unfortunately believed everything that agent said, Hey, everything they said was absolutely the God honest truth. But then when you go get it, like, Oh wait, this, this doesn't say a uh, whole life. This, this actually says term. I thought, I thought this was permanent and like, Oh, okay. Oh wait. This is yeah. accidental. Oh, it doesn't say accidental terminal. death. Exactly. And so now you want to make sure that you're actually identifying what they actually have, that's, that's always the first key. And then did the agent do anything wrong? You know, like, like you said, I had a case literally yesterday. I went out to a home and they put non-tobacco on, on mm-hmm. an application for someone who uses tobacco. <laughs> so obviously that's sitting
0: there smoking and there's ashtrays everywhere. And they're yeah. just like NT baby. Clean yeah, that exactly. Bad boy.
1: And um, the, the the agent actually went out um, the night before I got there. So he wrote a policy and goes, "Oh, I, I work with that guy that's coming tomorrow. Just just tell him, don't even worry about it. Don't bother. Tell him not to show up. Don't even answer the door if he does come. Uh, I work with him. Don't don't worry about it." And uh, it was he didn't. He was at a completely different company than than I work at, and uh, just answered all the questions, no, no, and no tobacco. He used chewing tobacco, so you gotta know your carriers and go, hey, some carriers are gonna give a non-tobacco rating. The one he wrote didn't, uh, you're not gonna name carriers. But then we said, all right, you know, we can get this with a carrier that will give them that non-tobacco rating for only using chewing tobacco. And the client didn't know that, and that's that's big, you know? They're, they're gonna come back and they say, hey, you lied on an insurance application. You, as the client, signed and said, I attest that every single answer on this application is true to to my knowledge. You know, you're you're lying on an application. Um, Insurance companies don't really like that. Um, And and so now you're able to help them get what they actually and
0: Definitely give them the idea of like what would happen. You know, and I've seen that happen several times, you know, and there's there's one company in our industry, no names named, um, but you probably know who they are. Who's notorious for this, right? Who's notorious for clean sheeting and lying on applications and jamming people through? And yeah, uh, there's one carrier in particular that makes it real easy uh, to do that, and that happens to be the carrier that that company writes all the time. Um, so you know, but what happens is like being able to explain this to a client and say, "Hey, listen, uh, I understand that you know this might be all right." But if you die in the next two years and, you know, that insurance company does a contestability claim and they start going through your background, they're going to see immediately that, that you were listed as tobacco or non-tobacco and that you mm-hmm. definitely use tobacco. And they're going to deny this claim and they're just going to refund the premium that you've paid back and they're not going to give you that whole death benefit. And that's including, you know, I, yeah. I met a, a guy um it was probably about, I don't know, three weeks ago, maybe a month ago. He had COPD and he was on oxygen. Yeah. And, you know, the guy was in terrible shape. And it's a very difficult, um, you know, it's a very difficult product to, uh, or, you know, a difficult condition to put a product on. Yeah. You're on oxygen, right? It's, Obviously, it's you write a term. Obviously. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. With living benefits, uh, you know, and return of <laughs> premium. Now, so we, we were going to have to go guaranteed issue, but, um, you know, an agent was there before I was and wrote this guy a, you know, clean sheeted. And for those of you guys who don't know what clean sheeting means, it just means you answer every question on the application, yes, and cross your fingers and hope, or you answer every question no, no on the application no. and you cross your fingers and hope that the insurance carrier approves it. Right. Yeah, and if you've got... Yeah. And if you've got like an instant decision, immediate issue insurance carrier, a lot of times they don't check. And so they're just kind of they're relying on you to do really good work and to not be fraudulent. And so there's a lot of agents that go out there and they just kind of cross their fingers and hope for the best. So that's what happened with this guy, uh, was yeah. with that same company uh, that you're talking about, Ashton. And they basically wrote him a policy that you know is an immediate decline for for COPD, definitely immediately decline for oxygen, yeah. and said, no, 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 not not taking any of that stuff. And then they just told the guy, hey man, if you die in the first two years, it's isn't going to pay out. Right? They're just going to give you a refund of your premium. So they sold it like a guaranteed issue policy and told the guy like, yeah, we're lying on this application. And if you die in the first two years, you're not going to get the death benefit. And you know, so mm. the guy at first, like I was I was telling him, well, we should probably get you a guaranteed issue policy. Um, and the guy was like, well, I don't see any difference in that. You know, like if I canceled this one and then I got this guaranteed issue policy, but it's still not going to pay out if I die in the first two years. And this is where a lot of you guys may not know this, but every insurance carrier pulls a certain portion of their business, and they check it at you know the 18 month mark, at the two year mark, when it's going to be coming, you know, and it's going to go full, you know, full payout. They check it. Um, you know that this particular insurance carrier is notorious for this. Where, you know, right around that two year mark when they're going to be on the hook with no contestability, they like order everybody's medical records and they take a look at it. And guess what? If they see tobacco, boom, they'll cancel that policy in a New York minute. Uh, mm. I've had a policy canceled for tobacco use from that particular carrier. Um, gosh, I want to say it was like 21 months or 22 months into the policy. Um, and they they charged me back for it, even though it was two years later, and they took the the coverage away from the the client. And I didn't even lie on that application. They just found tobacco use in the guy's history, and he still contests to this day that when he did the application, he had been 12 months free of tobacco. Uh, but they, mm. you know, they pull it. So what's going to happen to this dude? When you know eighteen months comes and they they pull his medical records and they see COPD and oxygen, they're just gonna yeah. you know kick him to the curb. So I was able to get him a better policy that was sold in the right way. That other agent didn't want to do it that way because they they're not going to get paid as much commission on a guaranteed issue policy as they are on one that they you know fraudulently lie on. So there's definitely some situations where it's going to be one hundred percent in the best interest of the client for you to replace their policy with something better.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure.
0: Um, and so those, those situations you, you look
1: for yeah you you just go in those homes and you go hey do you absolutely have what is best if you do great you know you had this before i got here <laughs> you know that was already in place already there so obviously you're looking for addition but you know you have to assign those jobs and assign those values that's kind of that that first part um is you're going in there and you're going when you got this policy what did you get it for why did you get this yeah. twenty thousand dollar policy? Well, to take care of the funeral. All right, what do you think that's gonna cost? Uh, 15, all right, what's the other five for? Oh, well, you know, what if they wanna cater, what if they want, you know, whatever the case is. So now you're assigning a job and assigning a value to every single thing, savings account, 401k, insurance policies. You know, I I had a lady one time that had a million dollar policy and she had a $200,000 home. And we started assigning jobs and assigning values. And she says, now I have two minor children. I want that to provide an income if I pass away. So, all right, well, how much do you think that costs? Uh, maybe 20000 a year for both of them because they're going to go live with, you know, ex, ex-husband, ex um, maybe a little bit extra water and electricity, but food, maybe daycare. They go to public school. So 20000 should be fine to cover living expenses a year for, for them. Okay, great. Now, what else do you want this money to do? Well, I want it to pay for their college. All right, well, how much do you think that costs? I don't know. All right, well, where do you want them to go? anywhere they want. All right, well, state university you're looking at 40,000 a semester on average. Uh, at least that's what it was when I was looking at schools, even in-state tuition. Out-of-state tuition was even more. So you're looking at 80,000 a year. That's 320,000. You have two kids. Now we're at 640,000 out of your million dollar policy. All right, do you want them to go to masters? Do you want them to get a doctorate? Oh, yeah, if they want to get a doctorate, I, my one daughter wants to be a dentist, my other one wants to be a surgeon. Right, great, yeah. How much do you think that costs? I don't know. It's safe to say at least as much as an undergraduate. She was like, probably. I was like, all right, we're at $1.3 million. You don't even have enough money for what you want that to do. And you have a $200,000 house? We, we better be getting some more. It definitely sounds like we need to add some coverage. Wouldn't you agree? And obviously she said, yeah, obviously we need to add some more. And so yeah. a lot of people think that that money goes a lot longer than it does. Totally, and, and like I think under coverage is a big is a
0: big deal. I also think over coverage is a big deal. Um, it is, you know. And I, we gotta. I want to make sure because we're going to wrap this up here. We want to keep these short. Yeah, we like want to make sure that everybody knows we always want to do the right thing for the client. And anytime Boys. that we start doing the best thing for us. Uh, We start getting in trouble. And, you know, we, we see agents like that all the time. They're how our industry gets a bad rep. We see companies that encourage that type of behavior and agencies that encourage that type of behavior. And again, um, they're doing damage to our, our industry as a whole. And so we want to make sure it's in their best interest and we don't want to replace a whole life that they got five years ago, right? Because there, there's no yep. way we're going to be able to compete with that. Uh, we want no. to help them call the carrier and lower the face value if they need to, or, or go that extra mile. Um, so make sure that we're doing the right thing by the client. And I think that first and foremost is don't get scared if they have a policy. Um, You know, that means they're a buyer, that means they believe in insurance, and they, you know, still felt the need to reach out to you in whatever way they did to get insurance. Second thing is uh, make sure they know what they have because it's so confusing that. Uh, people don't know what they have a lot of the times. They don't remember. They don't know where their policy is. They've had it for four or five years. It's collecting dust somewhere, and they just know it gets charged every month. And a uh, ton of people have told me, "Man, I've got half a million dollars," and then we open up their policy, and it's fifty thousand. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, like for that happens a lot. So make sure that they actually know what they have. If you can review a policy, awesome. Even if you're doing Zoom, even if you're doing phone, uh, you know, if you can have them take a picture of it with their phone and text it to you or something like mm. that. So you can Review their policy. Whatever you can do, make sure that they know what they have, so that when you start into number three, which is, is there a better option for them? You know what the intent was, why they got the policy, how much they have, what their needs are today, and you can make an educated solution. And you know, one of the things I wanted to add before we shut it down was over coverage. A lot of times, people will get insurance from their financial advisor. Yeah, and their financial advisors, well, they sell insurance. Um, They're not insurance experts, they're investment experts. I like to think of it as like there's you know an ophthalmologist who's a, a an eye doctor, right? And then there's a podiatrist, which is a foot yeah. doctor, right? Uh, you're not going to take foot doctor advice from the ophthalmologist. They're both doctors. They both went to undergraduate. They both went to medical school. They know basics of how to do it, but then they majored in specialties that they practice their career in. That's the difference between us and financial advisors. So financial advisors it's believe true. in insurance. They believe that you should have insurance, but a lot of times if they're going to write insurance, they'll just kind of scratch a number out and be like ah you know how about a million you know how about 1.5 yeah. you know what i mean it's just like 18 times your salary is what you should have you know and it's like well hold on a minute what do we want to do what are your goals what's your your you know your net concerns and you know, sometimes you can find people with 1.5 million dollar policies that really need million dollar policies, or people with seven, you know, 750 thousand um, that aren't really concerned if they die. They're concerned if they have a major illness and they can't work, and they need some uh, critical illness coverage, or they need some disability coverage, or they need a, a more of a living benefit policy or something like that, uh, just because their financial advisor didn't even know that existed, right? Um, hmm. so we want to make sure, like Ashton said, that we hone in on their goals. Why did they want the coverage? What are they afraid of? What's the impetus for this meeting? And then make sure that even if you need to research it a little bit before you suggest an option to them, just book an yeah. appointment with them and, and research it and tell them, I, I want to make sure we get you the right thing. Don't just flush a policy because you need to put money in your bank account. You know what I mean? So what 100%. are your last thoughts, Ashton?
1: No, I mean, that's it. You know? Definitely figure out what they have while while you're on the phone, if you can, um, or at least just get a general idea. I love knowing even what company they wrote because if you know, being an insurance broker, that's a huge insight. We have access to over eighty carriers. If it's one of the carriers I work with, which nine times out of ten it is, I can go. Hey, that that number is right, or I can go plug it in my system. When it's way off, I know it's off, and now I can go go help them. Um, You know, get all the information you can. And you know, figure out what those goals are. And then if you need to replace it because something's wrong, then absolutely. But always be, you know, thinking like you said in terms of addition and see what you can do there. Heck yeah.
0: Well, we're excited to be back, and uh, you will see more from us and more topics from us, as well as uh, Mr. DJ Debt Free, who will be joining us again probably on our next episode. Look for some live interviews coming out of our event in Las Vegas on June 15th. So look for us to uh, shoot you some some live interviews. We also have Orlando coming up on June 1st that we'll probably get some uh, some one-on-ones done, and uh, we'll be putting a lot of content out there to help you guys. So uh, keep it going. Help some people. Make an impact on some families and uh, keep tuning into the How to Sell Insurance podcast. Go to writemoreapps.com to get our latest episodes. See you everybody. <laughs>